Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Get ready for success. Leadership Strategies for Women is a show dedicated to providing practical and valuable strategies for emerging women leaders of today. It's your time to get inspired, motivated, and challenged to achieve your vision for success. And now, here's leadership speaker and coach, Ellie Nieves. This is the Leadership Strategies for Women podcast, and I'm your host, Ellie Nieves. I'm the founder and president of Leadership Strategies for Women, where I develop seminars and webinars to help high-achieving women show up, speak up, and step up in their careers. To learn more, please visit my website at leadershipstrategiesforwomen.com, or you can follow the Leadership Strategies for Women pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Here to talk to us about being focused forward by shifting the atmosphere is Dr. Valerie Mason Cunningham. Dr. Mason Cunningham is a diplomatic, dedicated, and respected business leader recognized for leading and inspiring people to deliver excellence. Valerie enjoyed a very successful career at Xerox Corporation for 38 years with progressive leadership and management experiences. Prior to her departure, she held the Vice President of Channel Marketing for North America Operations. And today she is an executive leadership and life coach and a strategic consultant. She is a change champion and long-term value driver who leverages global business acumen in operations, marketing, sales, communications, and finance to deliver exceptional results for large, small, and mid-sized enterprises. She engages actively in the advocacy, discussions, and design for a diverse workforce and work environment to embrace the power of equity and inclusion. Dr. Cunningham, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Ellie. It's a pleasure to be here. And I just so admire this podcast series uh, for women and leadership strategies. So it's an honor for me to be here. Thank you. So I'm, I'm honored to have you on the show. I had the pleasure of sitting on a panel with you and I was just so impressed with everything that you shared, your uh, illustrious background and just your, um, you know, your creative way of dealing with uh, issues that we now face in the workplace when it comes to diversity and inclusion as well as leadership. So I'm looking forward to you sharing with our audience today. Excellent, thank you. So can you share a little bit about your personal background? Can you tell us about your family life, maybe your uh, hobbies even? Sure. Thank you for that question. Um, You know, I grew up in humble, uh, you know, um, settings. I was born and raised out on Long Island in New York. And I always used to tell people I was from the tropical island of Long in the county of Nassau. And so, um, you know, I grew up out there and I went to college out there, although I did um, go to college at Spelman for a couple of years and then I transferred back to graduate uh, from SUNY Old Westbury and I was the first in my immediate family to be a college graduate. 
my father um, was the first African-American salesman out on Long Island back in the 50s. My mother was a stay-at-home mom, uh, but both of them really instilled in my brother and I about knowledge and education. And so they pushed us to really gain our education. And so I was the first in my family to get my um, Bachelor of Science degrees in uh, business management, marketing, and uh, computer science as a minor. Uh, you know, I love to dance. <laughs> I used to take DAP and ballet and African dance uh, as I was uh, growing up. I was very athletic, so I was a constant runner. I ran track. I played softball. Um, I love sports. I love dance. I love music. Um, I love singing, but uh, I don't do it <laughs> because I don't believe I'm such a great singer, although I've been told I do carry a, a decent note. Um, I do enjoy family and friends. It's one of the core important aspects of who I am. And uh, without family and friends, I wouldn't be who I am today. And then clearly that network grew over time as I engaged in different environments and different activities. Um, believe it or not, I do love to fish. Um, and my husband uh, and I, I have a timeshare in Aruba and we would always go deep sea fishing. <laughs> and uh, yes, I caught several tunas and wahi, uh, wahoo and mahi mahi. So uh, all of that. Um, I have uh, one son who is the pride and joy of both my husband and I. Uh, he is a recent graduate of uh, Butler University. So we're proud of the Bulldogs. Uh, and so we are a family of that. And he now is currently uh, in the workforce, which is uh, incredible. And uh, we're excited about that. Um, what else can I tell you about my background and hobbies? I guess, uh, you know, family get togethers is important as well. And the pandemic has put a strain on it. But I will say this, we were took advantage of the technology in Zoom. And we would have different family get-togethers, different celebrations, so that we could stay at least connected uh, to one another because that's so important. And the knowledge of um, you know, sharing in my experiences in college, both at Spelman and at SUNY Old Westbury, really launched me into my womanhood, I would say. Um, really, you know, understanding that sisterhood was so important uh, when I was at Spelman. And I didn't realize it, but I had it with my girlfriends, um, you know, next door to me, across the street or up the block from me or the house behind me. And um, it was because of those ladies, those girls at the time that pushed me to, you know, be a, a high achiever and always wanting to uh, showcase the fact that I could do one up on them or things of that nature. So I do have a competitive nature as well. But, you know, sharing my gifts and talents is now what I love to do. It's my passion. It is what I know uh, I have to do. Um, and so with all of my experiences, the trials and the tribulations, the good, the bad and the ugly, um, now I'm looking at uh, being the managing principal of my own um, executive um, coaching and life coaching business called Pride Matters. 
and PRIDE stands for Personal Recognition in Delivering Excellence. And I wanna help women specifically, but I'm open to all that are in the curious and stuck zone of what they wanna do and what's their next steps. And I wanna help them to curate their experience map such that they can understand the power of the influence that they can bring and the impacts that they can make that's always inside of you, but you just need somebody else to help you pull it out. And so this is what I'm here for. That's great, that's great. I, I know already that you're gonna help so many people and you had such a successful career in corporate America. So what was it when you left corporate America that triggered that desire for you to be an executive leadership coach? Well, I tell you, coming up uh, in corporate America in the early 80s, I started actually in 80, um, where there weren't a lot of women leaders, uh, and especially not women of color or Black women. And so coming up through that era of affirmative action um, and balanced workforce, really, I had those mentors and sponsors that looked like me um, because our company Xerox was progressive at the time. They were one of the few that really started to understand that this notion of diversity was not just a check mark of a program to do and just have a couple sprinkled throughout the organization. But what they clearly understood is that talent meant business results. And that was a driving force. And being a part of that movement and having those brothers and sisters helping me, I knew that I had to turn around and help those coming after me with the knowledge and the experiences that I had gained. And so now leaving corporate America, and actually when I was a part of corporate America, I was always reaching out to women and men of color to just help them understand how to navigate through these waters um, and be able to have confidence and be intentional about what you want to do and how you wanna grow. And so I had always coached, I had always counseled, I had always been a strategic advisor, a sponsor and a mentor. And so what better way to continuously reinvent myself going after my 38 years, but to be an executive and life coaching uh, arena. So that's what drove me to it. So what are some of the challenges that you face as you were coming up in corporate America? You talked about it a little bit, but can you expand a little further? <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, you know, actually in life, there's neither problems or challenges, there's only opportunities. Um, but there are some bumps in the road. And as Steve Harvey would say, the road to success is always under construction. <laughs> so that does lead to challenges and or bumps in the road. I guess, you know, there, there were several um, where, you know, I would be the only female. And then on top of that, the only black female in the room. And it was, it was particularly hard to get yourself interjected into the conversations um, because it wasn't like they were so welcoming. Uh, and I don't know that it was so intentional versus it was just kind of like, you know, I wasn't one of them. Um, and so that's how I took it. 
so I just kind of forced my throat, you know, throttled my way through <laughs> to ensure they knew I was here and that I'm not going away. And that I ensured that I was a student of knowledge and study so that when I went to those meetings or those situations, that I at least understood what the language was that they were speaking, what it was they were talking about, so that I could be knowledgeable and not just a talking head in those networking or you know, meeting environments, but always understood that what I had to say had to be credible um, because you know you would definitely get 15 lashes versus maybe one lash for others just based upon who I was. I also think one of the uh, challenges was you know when I uh, had my son. Uh, I had my son pretty much mid-career. I had uh, you know been working for 10 years uh, before I got married and then eight years after that before I had my son. So I was 18 years into the company. And so I was moving and I had a lot of mentors and sponsors moving me through, you know, different opportunities. And then when I had my son, I basically had to say I wasn't going to travel around the world. I wasn't going to be able to leave home 50 percent of the time for two weeks in a row. And, you know, those kinds of things that I was doing before. Um, and that was a challenge because people thought that I had stopped wanting to progress in my career. And if it wasn't for mentors and advisors and what I call my board of directors, which were the people that I really trusted and having open communications with them so that they understood this was temporary. This was not a permanent you know, distraction that I was not interested in doing more in the company, but that was a challenge. Um, and actually, I had um, an executive coach uh, as a part of my continuous uh, growth. And the feedback was interesting that she would give me, you know, like, people don't think you're interested in, in growing and moving anymore. They see you as taking a pause, because you're just not excited about things anymore. And I was like, that is so far from what really is. And I said, screech halt, clearly I'm going to have to do damage control here. Um, and I'm going to have to work with whoever the influencers are, my mentors and advisors to really explain what I'm doing so that they can understand that I am reinventing myself because I have a certain situation that I'm going to tend to. And then it became more respected. People respected the fact when I would say, you're calling me and I'm on the baseball field. I'm watching my son's game, but I'm happy to take your call because he's not at bat. But as soon as he goes at bat, understand I'm putting you on hold <laughs> and conversations like that. But those were extreme challenges. And, you know, I guess I was also very fortunate in having people tap me on the shoulder to give me some insights on the hallway chatter that absolutely could mess up one's career. And don't make any mistake that people's perceptions become their reality. Now, you can't change everyone's perception, but what you can give them is a neutralization of that perception so that it doesn't de deter them or you from making progress 
And sometimes it takes a little bit of an extra effort to have conversations with those people in order for you to progress accordingly. But that open communications was the key to ensuring that I could continue to progress once I was able to, from my perspective, not someone else's. That's wonderful. You've shared some really great leadership strategies based on your experience. And as some of our listeners are currently in that phase in their careers where they want to take their careers to the next level, what kind of advice do you have for women who have diverse backgrounds or women of color who want to get to the next level in their careers? What kind of actions should they take? You know, first and foremost, perform in where you are. Make sure that you are performing against the goals and objectives that are given to you. And make sure you have advisors and mentors, people that have influence over not only your movement and growth, but they can influence other decision makers for the movement and growth of you. And be open and honest about what it is that you may be struggling with. Go ask, go find the people that are doing it and ask them the questions. Be curious and learn from that. Be a constant learner because that is the power no one can take away from you, your knowledge. Build that knowledge at every level that you participate in. And what's interesting is experiences matter. So understand when you do something, whether it is a direct growth potential or it's a sideways growth potential, understand the value of the experience that you're gaining from that, because that makes you different than what the next person will do. And you want to be able to articulate that in a very strong and confident manner. When you have challenges though, reach out to those people you trust and then trust the process. But at the end of the day, every day is not gonna be sunshine. So you wanna just make sure that you have the right tools in your tool bag that can help you get through those storms because at the end of the storms are the rainbows. And in every rainbow, there's something at the end that's gonna be a treasure that you will forever hold. And so be patient with yourself. Definitely know your worth. Don't let anybody take that away from you, but also be able to articulate it so others, when you're not around, can also expand upon your values that you bring. Because it's really those conversations when you're not in the room that you want the people who are having those conversations to say what you know is true about you. Because there'll be others around the room that may not know you that well, but will have an opinion about you that's not necessarily supportive of you. And someone else around the table may say, no, 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 that's not how I see it and be able to challenge that thinking and give crisp descriptions of why that's not true because of the conversations you've had with them. Those are the key aspects in order to ride this train <laughs> because it's, it's a journey. It's a journey and it's a learning journey and it's all not gonna go right. 
But when you feel like it's not right for you and the environment is not conducive for you, then you need to check, check it and say, maybe this is not for me. And sometimes we have to make those decisions too because it doesn't help if it's not good for you it won't be good for anybody else because that energy will definitely attract the wrong kind of perception energy and it won't be helpful to you. Does that make sense? Absolutely. That's uh, great advice. Thank you for sharing that. So what's next for you professionally? <laughs> you know, I, right now, Ella, I'm taking it one day at a time. You know, I am a very spiritual woman I am grounded in my faith and I do talk to God every day and he leads me through uh, what I need to do. Um, I'm going to be constantly giving back, you know, this coaching opportunity, this, this facilitated learning that I'm also engaged with, with another partner of mine in another business called Mason and Rice. You know, we are out here to project some of our experiences through to others that are wanting to receive it to help them through these navigations and uncharted waters that we're going through. So we're all the vessels that are now rising up and they're new fleet of ships. And I said this to my Mercy College business school graduating class when I was their keynote speaker for their commencement. I said to them, there's a new fleet of ships rising up through this pandemic. And those fleet of ships are going to be directed by the vessels of leadership, entrepreneurship, friendship, mentorship, and so many others. And so this is my passion just to keep rising up as far as I can go. I serve as the board chair of Volunteer New York right now. So volunteering is a passion of mine. I love to give back in that regard as well. I also serve on the board of Mercy College because career, um, excuse me, college to career is a very important piece for me as well because you need to understand this navigation from college to career. And then when you get into your career, that navigation. I've been through that. I want to give back through my wisdom and experiences. And lastly, I do serve on the executive committee of the Urban Resource Institute as part of the Friends of URI, which is all about domestic violence. So I will continue to do these things, Ella, and working on my business. But more importantly, I want to be able to see some of my mentees that I have, some of the women that I'm coaching right now. I want to see them continue to flourish and grow. And if anything, as my mother would say, if I can just help one person, then my living has not been in vain. That's beautiful. So how can our listeners get in touch with you? Well, the best way to get in touch with me is uh, via email. It's Valerie, V-A-L-E-R-I-E, at Pride Matters, LLC. That's P-R-I-D-E-M-A-T-T-E-R-S-L-L-C dot com. And uh, I'm happy to respond. And hopefully I can help someone in my listening audience right now. Great. Valerie, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us about being focused forward. We really appreciate you. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure. Take care.
And to all of our listeners, thank you for tuning in. Until next time, God bless. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.